You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, we have welcomed thousands of guests from over 30 countries, earning us over a million dollars and garnering us thousands of five-star reviews. We love sharing creative ways for your listing to stand out, serve your guests, and be profitable. Each episode, we will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry. Or we will share our stories of our own experiences so you can implement actual improvements to your rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Before we dive into the content, let's hear a word from our sponsor. My favorite operations and cleaning tool. Come on, everyone. You know what it is by now. It's Breezeway. It just got a whole lot better for Airbnb hosts. Breezeway's platform has always helped hosts manage work like cleaning, maintenance, and inspections at their properties, but now their technology is integrated with Airbnb, which means you can connect your Airbnb reservation info with Breezeway, helping you save even more of your precious time, like automatically notifying your cleaners on a new reservation, or changes to an existing reservation. You can use Breezeway to schedule cleaning, inspections, and maintenance tasks using smart checklists and automated messaging to maintain a consistent guest experience. Connect your Airbnb guest reviews with individual tasks in Breezeway. For example, fridge stopped working and the guest mentioned it in your review, a Breezeway maintenance task will help you make sure it gets fixed as soon as possible. Respond to guest messages all in one platform. Hosts can now view and respond to Airbnb message threads within the Breezeway platform. And that's not all. The Breezeway Guide is a personalized digital welcome book. And they also have Breezeway Assist, a 24-hour call service supplemented with Breezeway's AI-driven engine, are also connected through this Airbnb integration. There are so many things that Breezeway can help you tackle. So check out Breezeway for yourself. TFE listeners will receive free implementation when you decide to make Breezeway a part of your hosting operational strategy, just like Annette and I have. Visit breezeway.io forward slash TFE to learn more. That's breezeway.io forward slash TFV. Hello, listeners. Welcome back for another great week. My name is Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant, and together we are... Thanks Thanks for for visiting. visiting. We're going to kick off this episode like we do each and every week, and that is sharing one of you, the amazing hosts out there listening to Thanks for Visiting. We're going to share you here in the podcast to our email list. Who are we sharing this week, Annette? This week, we are sharing at The Idol House. Again, that's at The Idol House, and it's I-D-Y-L-L. And they are a cozy, moody vibe on the gram. But the thing that I want to chat about here is in their highlights, they do two excellent things. Number one, they go through some reviews. And one thing that I love is they actually say, hey, this is, you know, this is exactly what David said, Kevin said, Michelle said, really making it personal. Like those are the guests Mm. that have stayed there. These are people that, you know, you can know, like, and trust them. These are real guests. And I love that they named them by their first names. And then the next part that I really, really love in their highlights is they tell their backstory from their first visit. It's in Sugarloaf, California, which is Big Bear. And she just talks about her first trip there. And it took years to purchase this property, but it goes through the whole story of the first visit to, you know, looking at all over the country for short-term rentals and then ending up there. And like, I know the whole story of the house now. And, you know, it probably took me 60 seconds to read, Mm -hmm. but the story helped me feel really connected to the home and their why. And so I encourage you, story goes a really long way. And so you can share your story. You should share your story. Yeah, you absolutely should. And it, it doesn't have to be, you have to be a great writer. Look at them for inspiration we all love behind the scenes. We all love the story. So um, make sure that you share your story and people will feel connected to you that much quicker. So well done. And I love it because they're they're taking the story and adding pictures and that for people's memories and people really absorbing the story will go so much further. So well done, the Idol House. Thank you for using the hashtag, Sarah talk about our amazing guest that we have on the show today. So today's guest is David Richter, the author of Profit First for Real Estate Investing. So perhaps you've heard of Mike Michalowicz's book, Profit First. If you haven't, we have linked it in the show notes for you. Well, David wrote the book 
that specifically targets Profit First for real estate investors. And as we all know, most of our listeners here and thanks for visiting are real estate investors in the short-term rental space. So this is a book you must read. And we're having David Richter speak at TFECon. And we're very excited for that because he's going to help us hosts keep more of our profits in our pockets. And something that David said in this interview is he said something about the real estate rat race. And I was like, well, wait a minute. We're not supposed to be in a rat race when we invest in real estate. It's supposed to set us free. Well, in case you feel shackled to your real estate investments because you're not quite sure how to keep more profits in your pockets, this episode's going to be for you. David, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. We are so excited to have you as a keynote speaker at TFECon. Our listeners kind of know at this point, you're here to share some education, but to get the real good stuff, they've got to make the decision to come to Columbus, Ohio here in September and see you live. I want to give a little like precursor and just let everybody know the reason that David is speaking at our event is because one of our coaches, I've got to give a shout out to Mike Hicks, went to a live event and saw David speak. So what I'm trying to do here with everybody Get out your house. Come hang out. People people meet people. I mean, I think we were doing text messages, phone calls, Zoom calls, all from Mike going um, to this live event, you know, going up to David right after because here's the deal. Everyone at TFECon is going to be so approachable. We're all short-term rental hosts. We all let strangers sleep in our bed. We are, you know, we want to meet you. We want to say hello, but I just... I always like to take it back that, you know, Sarah and I met as complete strangers at an event. David and Mike, two people that are now very close to us, met at an event. And that's how things happen. And it happens. I'm not saying that it cannot happen online, but it happens so much faster when you are face-to-face, right next to the people. There is a different energy when you're in the same room with everyone. So I just kind of wanted to to kick this episode off with that because I just think it's interesting that the whole live event thing is how this actual podcast came about. And I just want to share that, share that with everybody if they're on the fence. David, share with us more about who you are. What, what's, what's your background in real estate? Give us a story that led you up to writing Profit First for real estate investors. Yeah. So I was back in college. Good friend of mine gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was game over after that. Because never going to think the same way again. And bought my first house. It was a fixer-upper. Then from there, did several things with that first house. Rented it out for a few months. Then lived in it as my first house with my wife for two years. Then we lease option the property. And then at the end of those first six months with that lease option, the guy cashed me out. I'm like, this is awesome. Because it's also two out of five years if you live in the same place. There's no capital gains. I'm like, boom. Here we go. From there, started working with a real estate investing company. So I wanted to learn the game, learn more in depth, but learn the business of real estate too, and not just like get one deal at a time. I wanted to see how do you actually make this scalable a system and how are these people doing it? So I found a connection by going out, right? I found a local real estate investor and they were doing about five deals a month at that point uh, in wholesale. Back then, this was about 2014. And so we scaled that business over the next five years to about 25 deals a month, doing all different types of things, fix and flip, wholesale, wholesale, retail, long-term rental, short, a couple short-term rentals, like every, anything you could think of in the real estate, there's single family resident space. And I got to sit in a lot of different seats. And one of the seats I sat in Besides marketing, sales, you know, all the good stuff there, stay in the finance seat too. Cause I know I don't look like the numbers guy. Just kidding. I definitely do, (laughs) but I do. I like numbers, but that's where I figured out and I had no financial background. I wasn't a CPA. I wasn't a bookkeeper, accountant, you know, none of the fancy terms and fancy, you know, acronyms after the name. But I sat down with a CPA for a year and said, like, I want to learn. I want to learn how to read the PL, how to read the balance sheet, how to read, you know, like, are we making any money? You know, that type of stuff. And then when I was able to, after several months of intense like questions back and forth, 
with him, I realized we were doing 25 deals a month, but spending 26 worth out the door. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, who cares? Like that we've scaled. No wonder why no one can get a raise, why the owner's unhappy, why we feel like we have to just always be churning the engine, have to be going after the deals. To me, that was a huge wake-up call to be like, who cares that we built a big business in the real estate world if we're not able to keep any of it? Then it got more interesting. Okay. Cause I love that you already alluded to this. You said, get out, get out there, network. It's a different vibe. Well, I went out, I started going to these events with this company. We were a part of a couple of different masterminds. And at each mastermind, people would stand up and be like, yeah, we've got a seven figure company or we just hit, you know, high six figures. Then they're crying at the bar because they're like, where's all of our money though? You know, like this is our CPA said we made money, but where is it? And that's, I heard that over and over. Then I recognized that it was an epidemic and it wasn't just us. That's where it first clued me off that like, this is probably a a big issue just in the business world, not just in the real estate world. Cause then it was the other masterminds and events as well. So through a series of events, go figure that business did not keep everyone employed. There was many people that were a lot of good aid players that have their own business today, but kind of like separated after, you know, like just a lot of stuff went down there. So I moved across the country with my wife. We had built a little portfolio. I was very thankful for the opportunity to learn. And that's where I feel like if you're listening to this, that's a great place to start is potentially doing work for someone in your local market and actually helping them showing up, doing the work. I worked nights and weekends when I first started and like got eventually into the full-time realm with them and learned a ton. You know, I was earning and learning at the same time, which was a lot of fun. So then from there though, when I moved across the country, I sold a little bit of the portfolio I had and was able to have some financial freedom, but started working with another investor, said, open your books. Like your numbers don't lie. You could tell me you've got a great business, all that stuff, but I don't care. I want to show what's really happening. And so like most investors opened up the books and they were a mess. He didn't have a good bookkeeper who was a real estate investing and knew what the heck they were doing. And he had no clarity. I'm like, okay, we got to clean this up and then we can even see where we're starting. So through that process of just giving them the clarity, it took about three months with a new team and then I was guiding them. And then he came back to me and said, this has been life-changing. I know what I'm making, spending, and if I get to keep any of it at the end of the day. And I'm like, boom, light bulb. Like I need to help other people just with this clarity because if we would have had this back then, like at five deals a month, way back in the first company, before we hit 25 deals a month, we would have been able to keep more of the money. Versus just the rat race, just I have to do 25 deals a month just to break even type thing. That's where started then a business, Simple CFO. And that's where also once I started that to give clarity to the real estate investing community, I got a call from one of my mentors, uh, Gary Harper. And he said, hey, you need to read the book Profit First. So I read that book in one evening, said, boom, this speaks to me as an entrepreneur I love the framework and it's a simple framework to tell my dollars where to go and to keep more money at the end of the day. So we started implementing Profit First as part of our services. And then about a year into it, I'm like, this is working. I've got great testimonials. I've got great turnaround stories. I've got great people that were doing however many deals a month and spending more than that. And now it's the reverse of like, they're keeping a lot more you know, of what they're making. So I went to Mike and said, hey, I've got a real estate background, heavy real estate, done about 850 deals. I've also got the profit first background now. Could I write the book? And that's where the book came into view. So there you go. There's a long, the long version of my background of getting into this. But I will not tell that story at the event. At the event, <laughs> we are going to get down to the quick and dirty of like, how do you actually keep more of what you're making and get into some practical application? But there's my story of like coming into this business. I like how you said the real estate rat race, because anyone listening who's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, if you haven't, I think all three of us can highly recommend that you do, and we will link to it in the show notes. But it's funny that you say that, David, because that's the whole thing that Robert is trying to keep us away from is the quote unquote rat race. So can you explain what the rat race is and how the heck do we as real estate investors end up in it when that's the reason why we started investing in real estate in the first place to avoid it? It's more a human problem than it is a business problem. We think <laughs> that income solves all problems. And we hear that statement. And while it does solve a lot, it also contributes to 
the same problems if we don't take care of the root problem. If we bring more money in, we have to keep more of it. If you're a for-profit business, the main purpose of that business is to be profitable. <laughs> so many businesses run accidental nonprofits. It's not even funny. Like I don't want you to be there. So that's where a lot of people get into the real estate game and they automatically think, if you've ever played Robert Kiyosaki's game, Cashflow 101, there's like the little wheel in the middle. It's a mm -hmm. perfect symbol of the rat race, just going around. And then there's the fun track on the outside, which has all the fun stuff, buying the mansions, buying the cars, buying, you know, going on trips, whatever it is that you want to do. That's where a lot of people jump into real estate and they think they're automatically going to the fun track. Because, hey, I'm going to get a couple short-term rentals. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to just make bank and make way more than those long-term you know, rentals, all that stuff. They're whatever. Whatever the mindset is, they jump in. But then they quickly realize that they're just in that little wheel going around trying to land on the green spaces. Now they're living deal to deal instead of paycheck to paycheck. They traded in the W-2 living for deal to deal living. That's where we were, even with that many deals that we were doing a month. It was ridiculous. Like, this is why I'm passionate about it now, because it's avoidable. It's avoidable to get into and stay in that real estate rat race and living deal to deal and hand to mouth and all of that. But you have to know that, yes, income solves a lot of problems, but it doesn't solve the root problem. The root problem of I get a dollar. What do I do with it to make sure the dollars return and that I don't go bankrupt or don't go bankrupt on my way up while I'm scaling and getting more properties? Why am I bringing home less and less? That's avoidable. I don't want you to trade that W-2 paycheck to paycheck for jumping into real estate. You get in there full time finally, and then you're like, oh, shoot, now I'm living deal to deal. So how do we become less human? <laughs> do we turn into robots? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of what I mean. I can tell you, I'm, I'm feeling that in my in my soul right now. How do we unhumanize ourselves, though, David? I wouldn't say it's unhumanized. I think we've made a problem out of it when it doesn't have to be, because there's a solution. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, there's a solution for all of that. When I read Profit First, that's what lit my fire, because I was an entrepreneur and everyone else had touched on it. Even Robert Kiyosaki in Rich Dad Poor Dad says the words about a billion times, pay yourself first. You know, like that is the theme, one of his themes of that book. And then all, all of his successive books of like 20, 30 other books. And he says that over and over again. But it's all throughout these books that you read as an entrepreneur, The Richest Man in Babylon, mm -hmm. Portion of All You Have Is Yours to Keep, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's like put first things first. So we've heard a version of that, of what it takes to be truly successful and that's where I felt like Prophet first said, hey, I'm going to use the human problem that you have, but use it for good. <laughs> like you are going to, since you look at your bank accounts and you look at all this stuff, in order to pay yourself first, I want to leverage some of the systems that you already have as an entrepreneur. Like you would rather look at your bank account balance than a QuickBooks account. And I get that. Most people that are entrepreneurs are not the numbers people. And it's like, that's where I felt like Prophet first and that ideology and the actual system behind it was different than all the books I had read before. That's why I'm so passionate about it because it's not just saying pay yourself first because at the core, that's what profit first is about. Pay yourself first, make sure you actually take the profit first off the table and build a healthy margin into the business. That's the core of the message. But it has steps behind it, practical steps to say, here's how you actually fulfill that and utilize what you're already doing as a human and kind of turn that on its head, which is why I love this system because it's almost using your psychology against you. I'll get into it more into the nitty gritty at the event for sure. And we'll go over those steps and go like one, two, three, and like you will walk away from there with more profit from your next deal. Like I guarantee if you come to the event and you listen to my presentation on your very next deal, you will be more profitable. I can guarantee it. That's what I want for you. And that's why I get so fired up about this and how I know you can get out of this problem that a lot of people find their way into. Because here's the other thing too. I love that you asked this question. So many of us have not been taught how to be a real business owner. We just, it's the blind leading the blind out there. And here's the other thing. If you're a Dave Ramsey fan, he's a good on the personal finance side. He's got some good principles or Sue Zorman or like a lot of the different personal finance gurus out there. Some people have never heard those names. 
and they jump into business with no wealth building habits, no personal finance habits. And then they think the business is going to cover all the sins of like never working through that stuff. Maybe they had parents that says money doesn't grow on trees. No, you can't do that. What are the parents in the life to give an example? Or was it a bad example? Or there's so many different factors, but a lot of people don't also talk about the money. It's one of the things that's probably the most taboo thing that people stay away from because most people are embarrassed or they had a, an upbringing where it wasn't talked about or it was put down or it was like the middle-class mindset like we were just talking about right there. That's where a lot of these things can be overcome. And I want to normalize that conversation. That's why I'm really excited to come out to the event because when I speak, you're not going to be bored. Like I'm going to give you the practical advice of how to make sure you can actually turn that dollar into more dollars and actually the dollars that go into your pocket and not just out the door again. Like it's one thing to scale a business. It's another to scale profitably and have fun. Mm -hmm. That's what I want for you. And that's where you can take some of these things. That's a human problem, like the income, like we just think more income, but like there's things that we can do and put in place in order to make sure that we're leveraging that in our favor. We've got to give our listeners, you know, something good today. We know they're going to come to the event and be like knocked out of their chairs in a good in a good way. Because listeners, I don't know if you can hear the passion in David's voice. What is something someone's listening today and they're in it? They're in it. They're like, I got into this real estate. I'm not getting the bookings that I thought. It's not looking like the dream that they had. What can you offer them? Like, where do we start? Do we just say? throw our hands up in the air and, you know, sell the property. Cause we, we do get these emails where people are like, it's not making what I thought. And they're just in it. What can you offer to someone like that's really just struggling right now? And, and they aren't in a good position. You know, they aren't three Xing, they aren't hitting those goals. What is a starting point to see some sort of light or like pay, pay it themselves first seems like what I've got to pay the bank. I've got to pay, you know, utilities. I've got all this other stuff. I get pay yourself first, but where can they start today? Like, what can you offer of a starting point to like see some light? I could hit that from a couple of different angles because I like to, when I talk and when I present, there's two main things that I want people to come away with. But there's one main thing that I want to give here first is if you're in the real estate world, you think you're playing the real estate game. You think that more bookings, more properties, more that, that will solve the problem. Almost the same as the income. But you're not playing the real estate game. Maybe this will shake you up first. You're playing the money game. Those are just a means to an end of getting the money in so that way you can use that money to turn into more bookings, more more of what you want, more leads, more properties, that. So that's the first thing I want to say is we have to have the right framework of mind in our mind first of, okay, we're really playing the money game. But a lot of people play not to lose instead of playing to win. Mm. And a lot of people don't even know how to play to win because they're going off of what other people are doing. That's one of the things which is the blessing and a curse of like a mastermind of like, if you're around a bunch of other high producing people, it's easy to get sucked into, I should be doing that much. Because when you get into there, then you get to where like you're comfortable. Maybe you have a couple properties and you're like, hey, this is starting to work. I've got some bookings. I've got some things rolling in. But then, then you're like, well, I could get five, 10, 15, 100 more properties. And then the bookings dry up in some of them and they don't in others. And like that, you know, it's like the money shuffle games happening and you have no idea what's going on. But you were driven there because of comparison. That would be the first thing is you need to know what winning looks like for you. I would also take that to the granular level. I mean, you can track, okay, how many bookings do you need to break even? Okay, then how many bookings do you need to have actual profit, like per property? And it's like, can you say, okay, and then how often? What are the average days I need to have? Or the average days I need to have filled during the month? It's like those specific things for the practical day-to-day but taking the broader view, the 30,000 foot view, what does winning look like to you too? Because that's where a lot of people say, oh, I want the big shiny thing, whatever that big shiny goal is for them, like more properties, whatever, or the car or whatever it might be. Then they get it. And then it's, what's the next thing? It's like, they're always moving the goalpost of life 
And that's one of the hardest things to stop is the goalpost moving. But it's also the most rewarding because when you get there, you're not like, oh, you know, now what's the next thing? It's more like, wow, look at what's been accomplished. And then you get to sit back and say, do I want to take the next step forward or do I want to stay where I am? Because that's where a lot of people get themselves into trouble. If they're like, they have a few properties, maybe some bookings are good, maybe they're not, you know, like that's where it depends on where they are in their journey too. But if they're right at the beginning and they're not getting what they need, that's where you always have to focus on the key things first of making revenue happen. So like, I don't want to minimize that, but I also want to say, start with where you are and what does winning look like for you? So that way you're not constantly playing the, I just need one more and I'll be happy. Cause then guess what? It's your deathbed and you're like, oh, just one more. And then you're going to croak and who cares? You know, it's like, that's where it will go to the end. I will also say there's another good book resource for this. If you are struggling and want some practical advice, not just profit first, we're going to dive deep into profit first. I'm going to give you lots of content, lots of very actionable things. But there is another book written by Mike McCowitz that I think will help you, especially if you're right at the beginning of your journey. It's a great book. It's called Fix this next. If you've never read that book, I highly recommend it because if you've ever heard of the Maslow's hierarchy of personal needs, you know, like in your personal life, this one is like the business hierarchy of needs. And on the bottom of that triangle, there's three that you cycle through constantly. On the bottom is sales, then profit, then order. You know, like those are the three areas where you're always going to be investing in. I need enough sales. So in the short-term rental world, that's the bookings. Do I have enough bookings coming into my property? Like, am I actually making revenue and enough to be profitable? That's that second phase there. I have enough sales coming in and then I have profitability. That's where a lot of people skip. That's why I love what we're going to be talking about, profit first, because you start making the bookings and you start making the sales and then you just, you don't know what to invest in or what should I be doing with the money or should I get another property or what should I save for the rainy day or should I do both? Like, what is that? So it goes sales. So you have to get enough bookings. Then you have profit. So making sure you have the profit there from the sales you make, then you can invest in order to scale to the next level. So that's systems, people, processes, those types of things. But if you skip that, if you go from sales and then you invest right into order, then you miss profitability and you're wondering, yeah, I I can't pay myself. Like that sounds like a pipe dream. That's what we're going to talk about is profit first is covers that layer in that pyramid. But that would be a great book. If you're struggling with bookings, there's a lot of great tips in there of like, how do I think about from my customer's point of view, what they want, what they're looking for, how do I create you know, the things that will actually create what I want here for my short-term rental, then the profit and then order from there. So that's a great book. If they want to take an action step, they could buy that book. And I think that would help them, especially if they're struggling on the sales side, because it's like, what are you, what's broken in your business right now? Because I tell you what, if you go to sales or and then profit, then order, and you invest in people, At some point, you have to start leveling yourself up and being a leader of those leaders Mm. on your team. And it's like, that's where a book like that will give you a good framework as you go through several different iterations and versions of your own business. But if you're struggling right now, like that's where you might not even have enough to keep like what you want from the business. That's where with Profit First, that's where you start where you are too. I'm going to teach this and it's very practical. But even if you're listening to this now, I want you to have this part. Start with where you are. Can you pay yourself 1% of what's coming in? Can you start with something that's doable? So that way you get into the habit. And so, you, hey, bookings are increasing. We just got another property and bookings are through the roof on that. Like So that way you can start adding. And then once you start getting bigger, guess what? Your habits that you now have that are good habits start to increase with the size of the business that you have. That's how you can be successful down the road without saying, oh my gosh, we're at 25 deals a month and not making any money. So it's like those small things that you can incorporate today. That would be one big thing is if you're doing short-term rentals and you get some bookings, can you take 1% of what comes into your bank account and put it into like a savings account? Do something like that just to protect your profitability. Hey there, fellow hosts. Want to make your short-term rental feel like a million bucks with 
without breaking the bank? Uh, you bet. That's where Minoan comes in. They've got deep discounts on over 100 amazing brands. Brands like Article, West Elm, Crate and Barrel, Pollywood, Wayfair, Parachute, and Fellow. Your guests will be swooning over the stylish furnishings and you'll be grinning at the money you saved. And here's the exciting news. Minoan just leveled up their platform. Now you can easily sort through their brands with improved browsing and filtering capabilities, including host favorites and unique finds. No more endlessly scrolling. Plus, if you're a design-savvy host juggling multiple properties, Minoan has your back. You can tag quotes and orders by property so you can keep things organized like a pro. And let's not forget, you can set up multiple properties under your one account. It's a breeze to manage them all in one place. Talk about convenience. Oh, and customization is key. With Minoan, you can decide who gets email notifications for all of your quotes and order updates. No more inbox overload. And also, of course, we cannot forget the most exciting thing about all of this. Minoan is 100% free for hosts. Yes, you've heard that right. There are no membership fees, no sneaky costs, just fabulous discounts and a stress-free experience. So what are you waiting for? Don't waste another second. Go to MinoanExperience.com and sign up today. Your guests will thank you. Your wallet will thank you. And we'll thank you for spreading the word. Thanks for visiting the new Minoan. What I heard earlier, David, was that thing that we hear when we go to live events, which we're actually actively working very hard so you don't feel this way when you come to TFECon. But if you go to a real estate meetup, if you haven't yet, sometimes the question you're asked is, how many doors do you have? And that is somehow supposed to share with that person you're connecting with whether or not you're legit or whether or not you're Mm -hmm. experienced. But what I want to offer everyone listening out there is... The number of doors that you have isn't the question that, first of all, it doesn't even need to be asked. But we know short-term rental operators, David, who have, you know, one door, three doors, and they are making more profit, not more revenue, more profit than those who kind of like in your example, where you're doing 25 deals a month and bringing nothing home. So I want to offer that too. And here's how you can sit in that confidence when you go to a meetup and you get asked that question where someone's trying to size you up and you know your balance sheet. And you know where you sit because you know your numbers. And that confidence, whether or not you share that with that person or not, or you just sit in that that knowing that you have your stuff together and that you're keeping your goalpost set so that you can just keep, keep that laser focus. My question to you now, David, is we get this question a lot is, well, I'm not good at numbers. You had the, you had the wherewithal when you were working for that company to like figure out how to read a profit and loss statement, how to read a balance sheet. But there are investors out there, especially in the short-term rental world, who get into it, David, because of hospitality or because of they want to make a space beautiful and they want to share it with travelers. That's where they get involved. So how do you help people? What sort of mind shift, you know, switch can you help them flip to help them know like, hey, whether or not you're good at numbers, here's how you need to, you need to reframe your mind so that you can know where you stand. What it sounds like is a lot of people are getting into it from what you're saying is like, and they want the hospitality and they want to make the space beautiful. I am 100% for that. It's also the same thing that in a lot of books, like the E-Myth, it's like the person who's great at baking pies opens a pie shop and she loves baking the pies. She's the best in town. But then the business starts to consume her. And then it's just like she's doing everything. And then eventually doing so much that she spends a fraction of her time baking the actual pies, the thing that she loves to do. And it's like, that's where in your business, you need to make sure that you have the business owner mentality, even if you're just doing one property and you want to make it the most beautiful property of all time, there's still the component of what makes a good business owner. And making sure that I treat this like a business. Your side hustle, thinking of it even as a side hustle, still needs to be treated as a business. If you work a full-time job and you have short-term rentals and you're starting to build that, it's still a business. Does that mean you have to work full-time hours? No. That's also the beautiful thing about a business is that business is built on systems and built on the things that will help you get to where you want to be. And it also always doesn't have to be you and the sweat off your back. It doesn't even have to be the sweat of other people's back. It can literally be the systems that you put into place in your business. And then 
providing that vision and dream. And other people might want to come along on the journey. If you love short-term rentals and you got into it for hospitality or to make spaces beautiful, people love that. People love to hear that. They love your vision. They would love to hear about why you started this. That's what keeps good people on on your team for a long time is you being able to cast that vision. So that's one key component. If that's you coming into this space that you already have that some people just don't have that. They don't have the ability to cast vision. They don't have that core skill and they might have to work at it more. That might be a skill they have to you know, flourish and they have to work on it and that type of thing. But if you come in saying, I want to make a space beautiful, you'll probably attract other people that want to help others, that want to make spaces beautiful, that want to be in the hospitality business. That's where if you get that first property, treat it like a business, meaning you know some core skills. You know marketing, sales, operations, and finance. Knowing just enough to be dangerous too. You do not have to be an expert in all four areas because there are people that are experts in that area that you might need to borrow expertise from. If you're not an expert marketer, then there's expert marketing teams or listening to you two, Sarah and Annette here, like they're great at what they do. So it's like you're borrowing the wisdom from those different silos that you need at the times that you need them. Because if let's say you are good at marketing, but maybe not good at sales, maybe you can't actually close the sale or like you don't have the systems to close it. That's where you come to an event like this and you see what are the systems they're doing? How can I incorporate this into my business and talk about it like you're the business owner, even if you got into it and you're like, this is my side hustle, or I'm just doing this to make a space beautiful or whatever it might be. Think of it like that, because then a lot of people don't like the operations portion. You know, it's like, if you don't like operations and I'm telling you right now, people would rather hit their head on a nail than talk about the finances. So it's like, I get that part. If you're an entrepreneur that you don't want to talk about that, that's also at the same time, you might have to borrow that experience. Honestly, this is why I love talking about this because a lot of people don't talk about the financial side. And if they do, it's boring, it's dry, it's not relatable, it's not understandable. That's what, honestly, like Sarah and Annette, you need to come to their event too because they care about this stuff. I feel like anyone who has me come and speak cares about their audience because it's not just about getting you more doors like they were saying, like that other places might be like, how many doors do you have and all that stuff. It's about how much are you keeping and do you actually have the freedom that you want? So that's where if you're going to get into this and you're not thinking of it like a business, I would switch that mentality pretty quickly or you won't stay in it long just to make it the hospitality or a beautiful space because you got to make sure that it's not a drag on you and your life and draining your freedom and time. So that's where if you have some of these areas of the business and if they're covered by you or by other people or you borrow that expertise or you get a simple system like Profit First in place to make sure that you have money actually at the end of the day, that's where I want you to be as the business owner. So hopefully that was good for your answer there. I love that because we would never like, let's say we were getting a job or we were at a networking event and someone was telling us about their business and then we asked them who their bookkeeper or accountant was and they said no one like if we were in a job interview we would walk out of the interview i think we would like wait you don't have an accountant you don't have a bookkeeper like who's who's watching over the money we'd be out of there and so i think it's like same thing with us it's like it's all it's like you can't afford not to <laughs> and whether that person is someone that's you know once a month they're looking over you know there are some bookkeepers that do things quarterly it's one of those things you cannot afford not to have that person in that seat because I know myself, I've done this before, like not looked at the books, not looked at the books. And then like the first month goes by, then the second, then the third, then holy smokes, the six months, then the year goes by. And I'm like, and you're never, never catch up. And then you're in such a hole that you have to pay double to that person. And it's like, because I was being stubborn or wanted to keep all the money myself. And that wasn't my area of expertise, you know, it just kept getting pushed to the side. And I love you saying like, if that is something that you are not have someone hired for or a part of your time is not devoted to that, then it needs to be the top of your list. David, what do you think if someone is in it right now, they haven't looked at their books, they were getting their short-term rental open, they were like going full steam ahead because it was summertime and it was busy season and they had guests and they had vacation and they had work. What type of time commitment, someone that's behind, someone that hasn't been paying themselves first, someone that needs to start with that 1%, I'm just looking at this mountain here. 
how do I get started? Like, how much time do I need to commit to this to just start to get that 1%, you know, start to focus on that? What, what can you offer there? What have you seen in your experience, like people that are really buried coming out of it? If they have the resources, they need someone else to climb the mountain for them. They need a bookkeeper that knows the real estate investing space and no short-term rentals to come in there and say, here you go. Here's what it'll take to clean it up. Here's what it'll take to keep it up to date, you know, and the maintenance on the books. Because that is one of the things that once you have the end result of the numbers, you can produce more dollars. Like you can use, instead of your gut feeling, you can actually run the business off the numbers, which is a lot of what we do with our clients. Like we do it from a financial leadership perspective and look ahead. But if you're like, I don't even have the numbers in place, we have to start somewhere. And if you're like, because <laughs> a lot of people say, who's the bookkeeper like you would just ask? And it's usually them. And then you're like, how are you as a bookkeeper? <laughs> it's like, I suck at the books, you know, because they've never done any accounting or finance or anything like that. And then they're trying to keep it up to date, but they don't know what's going on or how to put it in. And it's going to be a cleanup job anyway. That's where I say that at the beginning, get that cleaned up, like get that in place with someone there. And I'm 100% biased, okay? I have a fractional CFO company. So I understand that this needs to be taken with a grain of salt. But I've lived there. And I even feel like that even if you're at the beginning, you might want a financial leader just to start to help you get the foundation laid and help you connect to the right people and then manage those people for you, at least to get it up to date. Like we've got even a smaller plan for people just to get up and running. And it's like, I wish I would have had this because <laughs> there's been so many people that have gone out to get a bookkeeper. They get the bookkeeper, then the bookkeeper messes it up, and then there's another $10,000 cleanup. You know, it's like, it's the vicious cycle. I get a bookkeeper, I let them do their thing, and then I go away and do deals, and then I come back six months later, and oh, shoot, they didn't know what they were doing. You know, and like, that's the next person telling you, and then it's just this vicious cycle. So that's where I'm a little bit biased there, too. If like, I would want you to have a financial leader, so that way you have the, like, the bookkeeping taken care of the necessary evil of the numbers but then also looking ahead to how do I manage the dollars coming in? And if you're like, this doesn't work, that wouldn't work for me. I, I have just my first property. I'm just getting started. Find a good bookkeeper that is in the real estate investing world. Go through your referrals, your network, people like that. So that way you can reach out to and say, who's doing your books? Do they do short-term rentals? What other type of client do they have? You know, other short-term rental clients. Like those are the questions to ask the bookkeeper. So that way you can, I want you to be able to go and get the help and not have to pay tens of thousands of dollars in cleanup down the road. And that's the key is having them also be real estate investors themselves because they get it. I feel like the thesis of, of this conversation kind of comes back to that one statement of, you know, when you go on an airplane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first and then help the person next to you. It's the same thing in business, whether it's short-term rentals or you're running a pie shop. If you don't have your oxygen mask on and that, i.e. knowing your numbers, knowing the health of your business, how the heck can we show up for our guests? Or if you're a co-host or property manager, how can you show up for your owner? How can you be the best investor and, and host if you don't know where you stand? So facing that music, knowing it's going to be you know, something that's a challenge for you, but I, especially I will, I'll give it a ton of credit, David, when we started to, when things were visiting, like our podcast and all this, and we started, you know, really needing to understand our business that we could know where we wanted to go. She's always not, you know, not even like knowing where you're at or where you've been, but then also looking at different ways of how you want to get to that next spot, creating models of, okay, if we have this many properties and they're making this much, we could be at this place. And also having that kind of clarity, oh my gosh, is it empowering to know if you want to get that next, that next property, right? You're not just like throwing it out there. Exactly. What I want to offer too to everybody, David, is we have, I can also say that like, I know we share this inside our membership, but we have, we've had to do this a couple of different times. We had bookkeepers and they weren't a good fit. Mm. And it is not fun. Mm -hmm. Listen, Sarah and I have done it all. We have had to hire new bookkeepers. We have changed banks. We have like went through all of that at CPA, but it got us to a much better place. I'm not going to say it did not like hurt. <laughs> 
and it was extra. It was more, you know, it was, it seemed like double work at the time. It did, it was not fun. We knew we were like, man, we went with some budget type establishments because we just really didn't think that we have the cash to be there. And so we've had to go through that and it's so much better now. So I know there's probably a lot of people maybe listening that know their bookkeeper isn't potentially the right fit, but they just keep going through the motions and like to link arms with everyone around you that is a part of your finances is so important. And when you find the right partners, I mean, I'm just sitting here right now taking notes because I know there's so much more work that Sarah and I need to do. I think that's what I also want to say is I see so many people get stuck on wanting it to be perfect. It is never going to be done. It is never going to be perfect. Like I've been using QuickBooks, I want to say almost (laughs) over 20 plus years now. And do you know that I asked my accountant, I'm not even in our QuickBooks, but I ask a question about QuickBooks probably weekly. Every single week. I've been in it. I've been working in it for 20 years because there's just, there's a new vendor that comes up. There's a new payment that comes up. There's a new way that maybe I want to see a report. And so that's what I think also is like, I think all of us want this like bright, shiny, we don't have to do any work. And at the end of the day, there's just a lot of work. And like for your books to be clean and looking good every month, you cannot not do the reps. You know, I think that's the thing too, is I know you have your CFO company and like the owner of the businesses still have to show up. You know, I still get mm-hmm. multiple ask clients every week. Can we, can you just talk about how the work will never be done when it comes to your accounting? Because I also want to make sure that everybody understands this is not part of your business that's going away because it's a part of the business that we all want it to like reap what we sow. Well, it's your story. I mean, the numbers tell the story of what's going on in the business. And like today, literally today, like before this podcast, I had my finance meeting. I run a fractional CFO company, but I have hired one of our CFOs to be our CFO. Because as the owner, I want to know, how are we doing? Where are we going? Are we on track for what our goals are? And at the end of the day, are we keeping what we want to? Are we not taking more out in draws than what we have on our profit and loss? Like just a lot of the questions of, where are we right now? And are there any financial issues? That's why I'm going to put a plug in here too for like a business operating system, which if you're small, I don't care how small you are. If you want to run a real business, you'll run it off of some type of operating system like the book Traction, which is Gina Wickman's book for the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS or scaling up with Vern Harnish. Like there's these different operating systems out there, but it gives you a good framework of how to run these meetings and make sure that you as the owner are in tune with what's going on. Because the bigger you get, the more out of tune you will be when the day to day and you'll have to be the leader of the leaders. And so the leaders that report on the day to day need to come back and tell you what to do, but that and telling you what's going on. But that's where having good frameworks for those meetings, but especially the financial side, that's a meeting. Even though like there's an operations meeting and some other meetings of the departments for our specific company that I don't even attend, but I attend the finance meeting. Like I know where do we stand cash wise? Where do we stand on the profit and loss? How's our balance sheet looking? Like what are our assets, liabilities? Like what's the equity that's being built in here? I want to look at that stuff as the owner. Cause like you said, like that's where a lot of people have, no, everyone, if you got into a for-profit business, it was to use the profitability of the company for whatever that was for you. That profit unlocks your purpose. The profit helps you become more of what you wanted. It helps you become that person that stood up one day and said, you know what? Enough of this. I'm going to start this business and I'm going to give myself a shot. Like that person's still inside of you and you can unlock that person again with the profits because if you don't and you're living in survival mode, like we've talked about here, you're making every decision on fear and not from your purpose. That's a horrible place to live. That's when you make the decisions that help you go out of business or like that make you choose the wrong person or make you choose maybe a cheaper option that you shouldn't go after that ends up costing you quadruple what it would have cost for a good person in there. And we've all been there. And I know she's crying there. It's like, that's where we've all been. I've made those mistakes. We've all made those mistakes. And sometimes we have to go through it just to be able to see on the other side, oh yeah, you know what? Everyone who said that is definitely right. You know, it's like, sometimes we go through that. But I also want you, if you're one of those people that say, hey, I want a shortcut, the shortcuts 
are being able to listen to people like us right here, the three of us here that have this experience and say, don't do this, do this, and you will literally bypass some hurt and heartache along the way. That's the power of the groups and the events and that type of stuff. If you know where you're going, then you are very laser focused on the questions that you ask and being able to get there faster. And those are the real shortcuts. It still takes the work. It still takes getting to know the numbers. It still takes that type of stuff. But once you know what you're going after, then you know the questions to ask that get you there faster. So there you go on that question. I just want people to know, like, if you have an issue or you have something in your business, like there's people there that can help you get to where you want to be. I'm all hyped up. David, before we let people know where they can reach out to you other than coming to TFECon. David, I have a question for you, just in case anyone out there is literally like pre-business owner or their business owner day one. Can you share with our listeners what is a profit and loss report and what is a balance sheet and what is the difference? Yeah. Oh man, I love this. This is why I love these types of questions because I, if you don't know the difference of this, Here's my first question way back years ago in 2014. I thought P&L was P, the letter P, the letter N, and the letter L. And I'm like, what's a P&L? What, what does that mean? Yeah, like that's real and that's okay. Uh, yeah, it's totally fine. So wherever you come from, P&L stands for profit and loss. It's an and in the middle, not an N. So it's profit and loss or an income statement, literally showing you what did I make, spend, and keep. So where did it come from? What's the income that I'm generating? That's income that's usually up at the top. Then you've got cost of goods and expenses on that same financial statement. A fancy way for saying what money went out the door. Like what did I spend that actually ran the business? And then the bottom line is your net profit. So that way, how much did I actually get to keep? But that's why I don't like the financial statements as much as like Profit first in the cash flow management, because even though it might say $20,000 on your net profit, did you put $20,000 in your account? Probably not. You know, so it's like take it with a grain of salt, but I want you to know the difference. The income statement shows you what did you actually, what was your net profit? That's the end goal of it. Here's your income, here's your expenses, here's your net profit. Balance sheet is assets and liabilities and equity, meaning what do I own, what do I owe, and what's the difference? Like, do I own more than I owe or do I owe more than I own? You know, and that's where equity can be either negative or positive. But that's in the real estate world, the balance sheet is very important. If you run a wholesale company, let's just say you're doing some wholesaling on the side, your balance sheet might not look very big. You might just have a credit card, you know, or something on there, but you don't actually own the properties when you wholesale a property. You might own it if you do double closing for like one minute and then sell it. But if you're doing the assignment, It's literally just going to be like a service-based business. But if you're doing short-term rentals, like you're going to hold the property and that property and what you've put into it, like all the costs will sit on the balance sheet under the assets because that's an asset for you. What you've put into that property and then what it's worth and all that, that's where the asset side is going to show you how much have we poured into this property so far for purchase price to repairs to maintenance, all that type of stuff. Some of the stuff you can expense too. That's why real estate investing bookkeeping is so fun because there's so many different ways to categorize things. And I'm being very facetious there, but that's why you want a good bookkeeper who actually knows real estate investing because you use all five areas like on the balance sheet and the PL, like the different five core areas of income expenses. Then you've got assets, liabilities, equities on the on the balance sheet. That's where on that side, it's really what do I own? What do I owe? And what's the difference between them? So if you can get that, that's really the big difference between them. And then it just shows you the balance sheet, your equity should be growing and your assets should be growing. The liabilities are like the loans that you have against the properties or credit cards or things like that, that are liabilities to you that you owe. So it's like, that's where it all shows up there. That's why too, if you're running a business like this, you need some type of software like QuickBooks because it's like the CRM of your money. If you use like Guesty or like a lot of those different types of softwares for the short term, this is literally like a CRM though, but for your money. That's what QuickBooks is. It tells your money, where's it coming from? Where's it going? How do I follow up with it? You know, like making sure that it actually gets to where I want it to be. So that's where that helps to recognize and be able to see, okay, a transaction came in, it's going to sit somewhere on those financial statements. Then I can see how's the business doing overall. I don't know about you listeners, but I am hyped, hyped up. up. I'm very hyper right I now. I want to go look at P&Ls and balance sheets. But more importantly, David, we cannot wait to meet you 
in person, in real life, feel this energy. And we know it's going to be next level because you're going to be talking profit first. But where can our listeners in the meantime, before they get to meet you in real life, where can they buy your book and just find out more about you and your team? This, uh, <laughs> that book took me 18 months of my life. It was like, <laughs> it was a very long process to get through. But the information is too important. If you go to simplecfo.com forward slash gift, that's where you can get the book. You can get the ebook, the full entire book. It's not just two chapters. What? I want for you to free? have the book for oh, free. Wow. I want you to have that book and I want you to download it and I want you to start reading it because it can literally transform your life just by taking a couple of those key steps. I want you to have that. Oh, so if you go to simplecfo.com, forward slash gift. That's where you can get it. And then if you drop the gift off, simplecfo.com, that's just our general site. If you want to get to know us, why I started it, the podcast, other people's profit first stories are on there, that type of thing. That's where we run our fractional CFO company as well. That's where you could get to know me. If you come to the event though, I'm not only going to give you the book, we have a course that we sell for like $4.97, you know, that type of thing that goes over profit first. And it goes over like, basics of bookkeeping for your real estate investing, no matter what kind of thing that you have. And I want to give that at the event, you know, if you come for free. So if you're at the event, I'll give you there. We didn't even know that this guy. So if you come to the event, I'm giving that away as well too, but it's going to be a different link than the dot, you know, than the forward slash gift. So it will not be be there. there. But if you're listening to this, I want you to have something. I always want to leave you with something of high value that took me literally years of my life to get out the door. So please listen to it, read it, do so. It's on Audible. You can buy the Audible version on, you know, audible.com. We'll link to that because we have to share with you, David, like Sarah and I, we actually listened to your book together on a road trip and nice. we were like pausing it, like taking notes. We were, and then we, we like pause it and go, like just keep talking. So listeners, if you have a business partner, life partner, real estate partner, pet, uh, imaginary friend, <laughs> plant, <laughs> listen to it. I have lots of plants I talk to. List like David's book really, really shook Sarah and I. Like we were actually, it was one of those trips. I I think we actually got home before we could finish it. And we were like, should we just drive a little bit more? And like, it, it really was, um, David said earlier, like the stories and the numbers. And, and David has so many stories woven throughout the book of so many of his clients and, and friends and partners. And it really, the stories inside the book really help you see from so many different perspectives. And I love it because it's, it, it is um, long-term rentals, it's mid-term rentals, short-term rentals, it's wholesalers, it's property managers. So he gives you um, different perspectives and how Profit First can work for anyone. And so we do have to give a shout out to really quick. We're going to have all of these links in our show notes, David's free gift, but we do have to let everyone know that David and, and Sarah and I all use Relay. And so Relay has really been an important part of our Profit First journey too. So we'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. Relay is a financial software. They partner with a bank and actually they are going to be with us at TFEcon. And they help you make that humanness habit of that percentage just happen without you even having to do the math. So they are helping us not not become human, but know how human we are using tech to help us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so David, we cannot wait to meet you. Everyone check all the show notes listen to the book, read the book, come to the conference. We cannot wait to share Profit First with you. With that, I am Sarah Karakayan. I'm Annette Grant, and together we are. Thanks Thanks for for visiting. visiting. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for additional information about today's episode. And please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Ever wonder what it would be like to have personalized guidance from Annette and me? Imagine achieving the same incredible results we helped Amy achieve, increasing her overall revenue by a staggering 187% by diving into her biz numbers. Or perhaps you'd love to boost your hosting business like Miranda, who added a fantastic $10,000 by refining her pet policy.
Well, here's a scoop. There's only one way to get that one-on-one support from Annette, myself, our expert coaches, and our industry pros is by attending our on-demand workshop. Trust us, it's worth it. During the workshop, we'll make an offer to all of our attendees to join our membership. Once you're a part of our exclusive membership, you'll gain access to our elite community of hosts in our private Facebook group. This is where the magic truly happens. Members are engaging in discussions about their business numbers, occupancy rates, how to handle guest challenges, and providing unwavering support to one another. Plus, we will have live coaching calls to help you dive deeper into portfolio growth, team building, marketing, and so much more. Don't wait any longer. Head on over to www.hostmasterclass.com right now to secure your spot and embark on this exciting journey with us. That's www.hostmasterclass.com. Trust us, you won't regret it.